Hey, this is Nick here. I wanted to send a quick message to the founders out there. If you're raising your first round of capital and you're not located in the Bay Area, New York City, or Boston, we'd love to connect with you. Newstack leads deals for founders that don't fit the standard Silicon Valley profile and are located in undercapitalized areas. If that describes you, or if you know a startup that fits that description, please send us an email. It's team at newstack.vc. Now here's a word from our partners. This episode of TFR is brought to you by Pacific Western Bank. Pacific Western is the leading provider of venture debt and banking services to startups, growth stage companies, and their investors. Go to pacwest.com to learn more. Welcome to the podcast about venture capital, where investors and founders alike can learn how VCs make decisions and reach conviction. Your host is Nick Moran, and this is The Full Ratchet. Welcome to another special release of Investor Stories. On this installment, the experts discuss a startup that they did not invest in, why they passed, and if there was a key learning that now informs their approach. Here's the segment called Why I Passed. On today's special segment, we have Darren Bechtel of Brick and Mortar Ventures. Darren, can you tell us a story about a good or a bad pass, a story about a startup that you passed on? You know, I would say given the sort of genesis of our fund and when we started and just where the world of construction tech is in its own evolution, there are a number of companies that have had subsequent rounds of funding at high valuations that look good. And some of those that it's, it's tempting to say, man, I wish I had participated in that. Look how well they're doing in that last round of funding. We are still early in seeing the realized exits on those companies, whether it's by good intuition or pure dumb luck. I was fortunate to be involved in a number of the um, sort of recent successes and actual realized exits. There are some very exciting deals that are getting news and high valuations that I had a chance to invest in. I passed for you know a number of reasons um, or any variety of reasons. It looks like they might be successful, but as you've seen with uh, certain you know larger than life investments being recapped or pulling IPOs or having you know, unfortunate outcomes with IPOs, time yeah. will really tell whether that was a missed opportunity or if it's, it's just kind of hype. You know, we sort of believe that if we stick to our, our fundamentals and our, our belief in investing in solutions that solve major problems that are problems of the future and not just, you know, problems of the past, um, that in the long run, we've hopefully invested in good solutions. On this special segment, we have Melody Co. of NextView Ventures. Melody, can you tell us a story about a good or a bad pass, a story about a startup that you passed on? It is a little tricky for me because I've been back to investing for almost three years, right? You know, a lot of times the story is not written until seven to 10 years out. But, you know, I, I could tell you uh, an example that, you know, obviously we passed on company. I personally passed on companies that got on race, race, very successful series eight. In fact, this morning we we're just talking about it. I looked at this company, New York based company called Chief. They are essentially like a kind of a woman's YPO. That might be the best way to explain oh. it. Started by two very, very sharp, very good women. 
one was a SVP of ops at Handy, and the other was a very senior marketing exec from Casper. You know, I met them pre-launch. They're very good. But I was like, ah, I don't really know how big this market is. And it felt a little bit like a private equity investment versus a venture investment. You know, part of their plan is to they, they're going to build clubhouses, like kind of like Soho House, that allows for in you know IRL gatherings, and they also going to have kind of the virtual community component. And I also was worried about the real estate side of the constraint. And end of the day, you know, we just didn't get comfortable that there was enough technology leverage there. You know, this company, I think today, just just announced an additional round of financing. As someone who was a previously a senior exec, female exec at a at an operator at a company, I totally want this product to exist. And that was in my past email. Say, hey, we can't get there as investors, but I really hope you guys be successful because I think this this world needs something like this. You know, I think too early to tell whether that was an anti-portfolio, but so far they seem to have killed it in terms of execution. So On today's Investor Stories segment, we have Samesh Dash of IVP. Samesh, can you tell us a story about a good or a bad pass? A story about a startup that you passed on? Oh, well, it's good to be with you, Nick. I think um, this it's one that basically hits me in the face pretty much uh, about 10 to 12 times a day. It's Zoom. So <laughs> we had the opportunity um, oh, no. to get to know Eric and the team at Zoom quite early in the company's lifecycle and process. And we, uh, IVP had historically been an, uh, an investor in WebEx. So we'd always, and Polycom and LifeSize and other companies in this space. So we've always had an interest in the collaborative communication space. We had been in, we had already invested in, in Slack and were big fans of that company. You know, in the case of Zoom, we were really blown away with Eric and sort of his vision for how uh, cloud computing and instant communications was changing the whole notion of video conferencing and collaboration. And what he had built at Zoom was amazing. It was literally, you know, one click, one touch instead of the expensive hardware-centric systems that were used to, that we all, I think, are familiar with installed in conference rooms and offices, but rarely use. And if they're used, nobody knows quite how to do it. I thought he had his product vision was just spot on and we believed in it. We loved the company. You know, we didn't quite get there on valuation. We had a delta for what we believed versus what he believed it was worth and what he ultimately got. But the big lesson that I ruminated over for a long time was the hidden gem, the little secret of Zoom was it was actually profitable at a very young stage. And part of that was because Eric had actually worked with the team very closely when he was at Cisco that was actually offshore in China. And they were exceptional engineers. They had done great work. And he, because of who he was and his relationships, had been able to retain them to work for him at Zoom. We started it. And because now it's, I think, much more commonplace to know that Silicon Valley is an expensive place to hire engineering talent and retain engineering talent. Yep. He had he was ahead of the curve on that. He had seen that five years ago and had headquartered the company in San Jose, which was much more, I'm from San Jose, so I can say it, much more affordable than San Francisco. And also had done the hybrid geographic workforce, not just for outsourced kind of support roles, but core engineering, core development. And I think we probably under-indexed how much of a moat that was as um, he scaled the company. And I'm just a huge fan of, of Zoom and of Eric and what they've built. And we're really grateful for what... Um, we're glad it did get funded and we're glad the business existed because what would we do without Zoom? Seriously. At this point, if you're a VC, you've heard of Carta. 
You've probably even accepted securities from a portfolio company on the platform. It feels like every new company is using Carta, and there's already 16,000 VC-backed companies on the platform. They also offer tools and services for VCs like fund administration. Carta has an army of fund accountants delivering high-quality service and dedicated teams of engineers constantly improving the functionality of their user-friendly investor platform with in-app quarterly reporting, real-time fund metrics, LP portals, and more. It's also easy to switch from an existing fund administrator or to augment your in-house team with their service. Learn more about their services at carta.com forward slash investors. And this episode of TFR is brought to you by Pacific Western Bank. Pacific Western specializes in providing financial services to startups, growth stage companies, and their investors, helping to navigate financial obstacles by providing access to funds and expertise. Pacific Western's customized products and team of venture banking specialists provides a banking experience designed specifically with startups and VCs in mind. If you run a tech company or if you invest in tech companies, it's strongly advisable that you build a relationship with the folks at Pacific Western. Go to pacwest.com to learn more. On today's special segment, we have Jeff Fleur of Craft Ventures. Jeff, can you tell us a story about a good or a bad pass, a story about a startup that you passed on? I'll tell you one that I passed on and then one that I kind of missed, which is a little different, but they're both, you know, they kind of haunt me sometimes. <laughs> the one that I passed on is I got I got a call. I was, I think I was I was at Spreecast at the time working on my second startup, but I had done a lot of angel investing already and I had been pretty active as an angel investor. And I got a call from a guy who I had gotten to know a little bit, Kyle Vogt, who's a super smart, super successful entrepreneur in the Bay Area, who, you know, was the founder of he was one of the founders of, of Justin TV that then became created a product called Social Cam, and then they created Twitch, which got acquired by Amazon for a billion dollars. And then he, he had started Cruise, uh, which was this kind of like, you know, autonomous driving company that most people have probably heard of. And so he called me and said he was starting an autonomous driving company. Did I want to invest? And I had a conversation with him. And I said, like, at the time, like Google was already working on their autonomous driving. I don't know if they had labeled it Waymo yet, but it was like Google's autonomous driving. There was, I think Tesla might have already been started to work on theirs. And I think Uber might have already been working on theirs. But but Google was the one that I was most focus. I was like, how are you going to like build autonomous driving and compete with Google? And sure enough, his company, you know, within, you know, a few years after that, and he's, he's an extremely smart guy. And so I'm not surprised at all, but his company, you know, got acquired for a billion dollars. And he's now, you know, he's still, he's still working on that. And he's been able to, you know, through, I think a series of transactions kind of maintain a big, you know, influence on the business, even though they got acquired, because I think he sort of either acquired it back or has, has sort of done a few different things there. And, and I wish I was involved. <laughs> So that's one pass that I kind of kick myself about. The miss that I was referring to is I had, so I was a very early user of Uber. Like it was just in the, it was, it was called like Uber Taxi. It was just in San Francisco. You know, I was using it and loved it. And I had reached out to and met with the team there or the C, the guy who was the CEO at the time, Ryan Graves, you know, and really wanted to invest in the company. And I basically didn't get an opportunity with that. So it's not that I, it's not that I, I, I wish I would have pushed it harder back then because it was before benchmark, you know, did what I think was the series a round. It might've been the series B. I think it was the series a though. I had like an email dialogue with them, was trying to invest. And ultimately like benchmark came in and did the, and did the round and I didn't really get a chance to invest. But I think if I had just been 
a little bit more aggressive and like insisted a little bit more that that I could help, I might have been able to, you know, Bummer. You know kind of wiggle my way in there. The pitch that I gave to Ryan when I met with him, which I think is true, is that I had a lot of experience with these regulated markets, like with StubHub, you know, growing StubHub and kind of state by state regulations, you know, and we had a lot of lobbying efforts and we were trying to change the laws in various states. Like I thought that would be relevant for what they were trying to do at Uber because, you know, they were kind of navigating through, you know, these taxi medallions and various kind of regulations that I thought, you know, were relevant. Anyway, I never invested in Uber, so I missed it. But yeah, those are some, those are two stories for you. Bummer. That will conclude this installment of Investor Stories. If you're enjoying the program and would like to see it continue, take a moment and leave a five-star review in iTunes. Also, if you'd like updates on new content from TFR, as well as the top 10 VC articles every week, go to fullratchet.net and sign up for the newsletter. Okay, that will wrap things up for today. Until next time, over-prepare, choose carefully, and invest confidently. Thanks for joining me.